0: support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQEDs podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mindshift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. In for Erica Cruz Guevara. And welcome to the Bay. Local news to keep you rooted.
1: I need to feel safe more than I need forever because I know one is possible. Know this when I kiss the soft inside of your arm, your forehead. You take your eyeglasses off and pull me into you. Show me the grace in my rest. No words in the velvet blue. California winter. No words here where were two dancers at rest. No words but to turn supine the belly fat. No words in the all blue and the small sounds of a shared body and shared rest.
0: Today we're changing things up a bit to celebrate something very very special. National Poetry Month. Poetry holds a very special place in my heart. It gives me hope And I truly believe it has saved my life. For today's episode, I spoke with Antman Pimentel Mendoza, a queer Philippinex poet based in Oakland. If you listen to our show, you know that there's a lot going on in the news. And sometimes that can be overwhelming. Something I really enjoy about Antman's poetry is that it's full of joy. It sings, it dances, it falls in love.
1: I want it to be worth it. And what's worth it to me is for it to be playful. What's worth it for me is for it to be fun, to be silly, to make someone laugh.
0: We talk about having many boyfriends, surviving the apocalypse, and making out with the end of the world.
1: I wanted to write it in a way that made it feel survivable. And in order to do that, I was like, what if I made out with the end of the world? (laughs) I was like, what if the end of the world was my boyfriend?
0: That's after the break. Stay with us.
1: I am a queer and trans Philippine ex-American, I'm Tagalog, I am in my early 30s, I am very gay. I grew up in San Diego, California, specifically National City and Chula Vista in the Kumeyaay land, and then I came to the Bay Area in 2010 to pursue an undergrad degree at Berkeley, and I've been here ever since. I started writing poetry as a child through my school's Gifted and Talented Education program, and I was the only kid who signed up for poetry class, so me and this white woman in chunky jewelry sat together in one of those portable classrooms, and we would just write poems to each other, and we'd write them back and forth for a while, and I just got really into it, which was a lot of fun and was like a very cute, like, safe place for me to, like, be expressive and soft, and it was really sweet, and I didn't I didn't really write very much through middle school, and elementary school, and even undergrad, but one of my really dear friends, Sanjana Bijlani, who's also a poet, was always like, well, you're still a poet. Like Right now, you're just gathering material. You're doing the work of the poet, which is just living life. And she was right, and you know, when my mom passed, it really was like a big push for me to get back into doing things that weren't generating income. It was hard to lose my mother in 2017. I was only 25 and she, she was only 48. And that's been the hardest part was that she was so young. But it, what it did is it really pushed me and my family to get real about what obligations we were telling ourselves we had, which are things like obligations to traditional or normative narratives of what success looks like and allowed us to kind of like get free from that a little bit because it was so absurd. Anything can happen at any moment. Why would I waste it not doing the things I'm wanting to do, right? I can't say it's an upside, there's no upside to my mom passing, but it is a, a freedom that came with the process of grieving her. I think of poetry as a place of opening because it's a place of play. It's really earnest. It's like asking me to spend enough of my like limited time on this earth with something that I sit down and write about it. And not just write about it, but write about it and think about sound and image. So if I'm doing that, I want it to be worth it. And what's worth it to me is for it to be playful. This is Home Alone After Therapy, the author considers a houseplant, from my boyfriend Apocalypse. Baby, dance. Your tangelo blooms under the verdant candelabra with your flat feet slapping off the laminate planet and the cotton briefs scarce on your yes-yes area with nothing else to bear, baby. Khalees sings, she's got your money, and yes, the shake thrust of your hips is an inch wide swish toward a future after capital, baby, stretch. Before you reach your hands for the stem and leaf refrains, those reminders to breathe, baby, these giants you laugh under are you too, baby, velvet, your palms with almond oils and bump bellies. The gods decree you share your gold, baby, remember too, the sea and loss. The reason tucked behind habits in your wallet, pressed against a photo of Nanai, baby, feed yourself. Say thank you. Write home. Spill, baby.
0: So your chapbook is introduced with the concept of apocalypse. And in your introduction, you write the world and all the time. Why write through through this theme, through the idea of apocalypse?
1: I wrote about apocalypse originally because it just seemed unavoidable to think about. It was that day we woke up and everything was orange in the Bay Area, and then it was the pandemic. It felt like all I could do in the moment. I wanted to write it in a way that made it feel survivable, and in order to do that, I was like, what if I made out with the end of the world? (laughs) I was like, what if the end of the world was my boyfriend? In a dormitory in Tacoma, Washington, I told my friend, Dallas, that I think of poetry, like queerness, as an orientation to the world, a willingness to fall in love with anything enough to take it to the page and spend some of my precious time with it. If I am to live through this apocalypse, and the next one, and the one after that, then let me take him to the page, spend some time with him, and fall in love.
0: I love that. Can you talk about how do you see queerness intertwined with falling in love?
1: I think about queerness as the way that I love and queerness as the way that I present myself in public because that is how I'm signaling how I'd like to be loved and how I um, hope to love. So for me, queerness is, is the only framework through which I understand love at this point. This is Ode to Bedroom Dancing, I Learned From You, with a line from La Tigra. I say I need to feel safe more than I need forever, because I spent long years cowering. I spent years unsure your hand would ever find the length of me could ever come in the small hour, in the room, after the storms. I need to feel safe more than I need forever, because I know one is possible. Know this when I kiss the soft inside of your arm, your forehead, you take your eyeglasses off and pull me into you. Show me the grace in my rest. No words in the velvet blue, the California winter. No words here, where were two dancers at rest. No words but to turn supine, the belly fat. No words in the all blue and the small sounds of a shared body and shared rest. Caught in the rain, we kissed under tree cover. I told you I learned by watching my father love again. I feel safe enough here in bed after the torrents. My hands on the wheel now, the turns of the wheel now, palms to the earth, scenes of recursion as evidence now. I mean look at what has been left. I mean look me in the face where you come. I mean wordless now, but for the floods of skin. I mean wordless now, the only words I know are more, more, and more. This was written about a particular experience where A date and I took a nap together and it was the first time sleeping around someone who was not my ex. And I realized in that moment I'd taken for granted how it felt to feel safe to just like rest with somebody and how romantic that was for me. And it just like, it opened up a lot in me. And that's something I've been thinking about and writing about lately is that safety. And for me, this is where romance is living right now.
0: When I read that that line, I need to feel safe more than I feel forever really stood out to me. And like the importance of feeling safe, particularly like in a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming like f- through a speaker that has experienced like violence. And mm-hmm. it's interesting because the way you frame it is like I need safety more than like the promise of like forever, which often we think of what we want from a romantic relationship is like, this promise of, like, forever.
1: Yeah, I've, um, in this poem, I mentioned learning from my father, learning to love again, which is complicated. Like, um, my father, I don't want to ever be alone, and to see him have love in his life again is important for me because it also taught me that, like, part of the absurdity of my mom passing so young is that if there were two people who were sure that they'd have each other forever, it was my parents, right? And so the reality is that my mom did offer my dad her forever, but her forever was not as long as his forever. And that's always the case for every couple. Like even the most monogamous couple who are like so deeply in love with one another and all this stuff, there's there's very little chance that your forever is of the same length. A relationship can be meaningful, pleasurable, fun, important and worth writing about, and it can last however long. This is Bluebeard in the apartment we once shared, after Cocteau Twins. Are you the right man for me? Are you safe? Are you my friend? I keep the blinds drawn and windows open so the sun might bathe every breathing babe I keep at home. Are you my friend? I keep the blinds drawn knowing well the view from the street below every breathing babe. I keep a home untidied, studied, mess of garments known well. The view from the street below, cherubic, I sing aliveness, energy, untidied and study. Mess of shirts, jocks, on and off my frame, on and off the floor. Cherubic, I sing aliveness, energy, because I keep on now, without you here, on and off my frame, on and off the floor. I puzzle back to sea, risen moonward, because I keep on now without you here. To barb, too cruel, I grow my hair out long, I puzzle back. To sea risen moonward a path of want, along the shore I swim. To barbs too cruel, I grow my hair. Out long after our sun's bulb dies, I trust you crawl a path of want, along my shore I swim to know a cure, to name the trim of me. After our sun sets, I trust again, you crawl. Are you the right man for me? Are you safe? To know my cure, to name will trim you gone and windows open to new suns, a mighty path.
0: That was Aunt Men Pimentel Mendoza. You can find Antman on Twitter and Instagram at is Magic. You can hear him read in person on Tuesday, April 25th at 7 p.m. at Fabulosa Books in San Francisco. His chapbook, My Boyfriend Apocalypse, is out now, and you can find it on his website, antmenpm.com. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Maria Skinka. It was edited by Alan Montecilio. Special thanks to Paula Mirando for connecting me with Antmen. The Bay is a production of member supported KQED. I'm Maria Skinka, in for Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening.